Hello, and welcome to the Risk and Accounting Advisory Podcast. My name is Neil Began, firm leader in risk advisory for Cherry Beckert. And today on our podcast, we're going to be taking a closer look at everyone's favorite topic these days, ESG. We get a lot of questions about where and how to begin the journey to corporate sustainability and establishing a long-term ESG program. So we thought, why not memorialize this by way of a podcast? With me uh, again today, to discuss is Ved Gupta, a leader in Cherry Breckert's risk advisory practice. Ved has over 20 years of extensive experience in business process and planning, financial reporting, governance framework, and operations management. He joined us previously to unpack and define the E, the S, and the G on a previous podcast. Uh, so we're looking forward to having Ved join us today. Ved, thank you. Thank you very much, Neil, for having me here. All right, so let's get started. As I mentioned, you know, we get a lot of questions, as you do, Ved, from companies wondering where should a company start along the ESG journey? And Neil, the simple answer is defining the purpose, uh, identifying the issues that really matter and where the business can truly make an impact uh, provides the foundation for a healthy buyer. Businesses should initiate and conduct materiality assessment. Now, it is not the same as the materiality assessment that PCAOB lays down in the financial statement audit, but it is for ESG, it means how a company affects its surrounding in a material way. Now, it's mainly a two-step process. Step one is identifying what is important, or you can say the potential KPIs. And step two is, identifying how relevant the chosen topics are to the stakeholders and the business's ability to impact them. So materiality assessment helps in defining the long-term vision, the risks involved, identifying what the competitors and the business partners are doing, knowing stakeholder expectations and the strategy to achieve the goals. Now, You must have seen or note here, Neil, that I use the term stakeholders, not shareholders. Right. SG impacts many constituencies along the value chain, upstream or downstream, like you have suppliers, you have employees, you have customers, you have investors. So it's not just the shareholders of the company, it's the stakeholders. Got it. Got it. So so the company completes the materiality assessment, comes up with issues that matter most in, in, in all three of these areas, right? Environment, social, and governance. What, what's next? You know, let, let's start with environment. What would you say is next there? Absolutely. So when we talk about environment, we talk about the greenhouse gases or the carbon emissions. So let me quickly just talk about the scope one, the scope two, scope three in the greenhouse gas emissions. What's scope one? It's the emissions associated with the operations that are owned and controlled by the company. For example, fuel combustions, furnaces, or vehicles, or other machinery. Scope two is any purchase of electricity, or steam, or cooling, or heat, etc., to run the operations that are owned and controlled by the company. And scope three is I talked about the upstream and the downstream, like upstream will be the purchase goods or services or capital goods, fuel and energy, transportation and distribution, business travel, employee commuting, leased assets. And downstream, there would be some common areas like the travel, transportation, distribution, leased assets, but then there are other things like 
franchises or investments or the use of the sold products or processing of the sold products. So when we talk about environment or we, when we talk about emissions, we talk about the data, the completeness and the accuracy of the data. As companies articulate the baseline data and the future targets to the world, the completeness and accuracy of the data that would be reported is very critical. So last but not the least, we also have to consider the qualitative aspects of the climate change along with the quantitative aspects I just mentioned and the risk that it poses to the companies, the risks that come with maintaining the status quo or the risks that come with the transformational plan. Now, there are many guidances that are available in the calculation of the emissions in all the three categories that I mentioned earlier, but I would say that it requires a concerted effort and a well-thought-out program to collect, aggregate, measure, report, and track the data. Gotcha. And, and I think breaking down one, two, and three makes a lot of sense. And, and when you think about um, you know, environmental consider considerations are, are broadly understood, but I'd like to actually talk now about the social aspect, which is obviously a very important component to an organization's overall program, but oftentimes is one of the more challenging for businesses to apply. So how would you suggest that organizations go about looking uh, at the social aspect? Neil, it's very interesting. Like I believe that S or the social aspect was kept in the middle of the ESG program so, so that the world uh, should not lose sight of it. Like after all, people are the center of everything that we do. So we have diversity of inclusive offices in the organizations today to confirm that the company represents the general population and also to provide equal opportunities to all. Many organizations do not conduct business with companies that do not have women or minority representations at the board level. Additionally, Social aspects uh, even cover the exploitations of labor that is prevalent in the world today, child labor or employment conditions that are safe or secure. Many countries in Europe, they even require companies to do their own due diligence to ensure that their suppliers are following the company policies and creating a humane working environment and are not trafficking any child labor. Organizations can have the option of conducting audit as part of the agreements with the suppliers or distributors to ensure compliance. And finally, the benefits and the wellness opportunities that the companies provide to the employees should be comparable to the industry standards, like paternity leaves, center for mental stress, no meeting Fridays, personal time. That is, they, they foster a welcoming environment where the employees can feel wanted, respected, and cared for. Thanks, Ben. That, that helps a lot. And, and now, obviously, in order here, I want to go to the last one. I norm, know we normally keep these podcasts to five questions. Today, we're actually going to do it in four. So the ESG obviously made up uh, three, and we had the introductory uh, questions, which brings us to our last one, governance. What concepts would you say that companies need to evaluate when looking through the lens of the G and ESG with governance? I, Neil, I firmly believe, and I have repeated it many times, you would have heard me say it many times that there is no ESG without the G. 
governance is the foundation of this program, and it helps in providing the transparency, the fairness, the accountability, and the responsibility on the part of the companies. It requires oversight at the highest levels and integration of all levels to accomplish the ESG program. The ESG program has to be integrated at the strategy or the business levels to achieve the objectives and create value for the stakeholders. So if I have to summarize how the ESG program can be approached, I would say, number one, engage with the stakeholders to identify areas and intensity of impact. Number two, creation of a descriptive, time-phased roadmap of prioritized initiatives, goals, and targets. Number three, take inventory of your emissions, leverage diagnostic or data platform to calculate the baseline numbers. Number four, track physical and transitory costs and benefits of the transformative initiatives. And finally, reporting and disclosing the progress that has been made. Well, I really want to uh, thank you for, for joining on today's podcast. Obviously, you know, sustainability and corporate responsibility is becoming more and more ingrained in business strategies and operational considerations. So I really am hoping our audience gains some insights. I know I did into how ESG can positively impact their, you know, not only their organization itself, but also their customers. Along those lines, if you have any questions regarding ESG and the topics we covered today or on any other podcast, and again, this does not uh, matter whether or not you're just beginning your ESG journey or really looking to potentially assess what has been done to date and or optimize your ESG efforts, we welcome you to reach out to risk at cbh.com. Uh, to speak with Ved and or myself and some others, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, with that said, uh, I want to remind everyone that you can visit cbh.com forward slash podcasts to check out the latest podcasts on various risk topics, including trends, uh, as well as tax and accounting matters. And as always, we ask that you please like, share, and subscribe to the Risk and Accounting Advisory Podcast. And thanks so much again for listening. And Ved, thank you again for all your insight. Absolutely. Thank you, Neil.